0: Hello and welcome to the Go Get Her podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Berry. This podcast is for the go getters, where we normalize big dreams and going after what you want. From health and fitness to relationships and career, we discuss a range of topics on how to create a life you've dreamt of and how to keep going even when life throws unexpected shit at you. Let's go. Before I jump into the episode and talk about my story, I just want to give you guys a trigger warning. Um, We will be talking about infant loss, grief, hospitals, um, surgery, and topics in between. So if there's something that you do not want to listen to, please skip this episode. just wanted to give you guys a heads up because it is pretty heavy. Um, But I do appreciate the people that are willing to stick around and listening to my story so we can raise awareness about the topic. So let's take it back to the 13th of january i had an iud put in um purely for contraception reasons um i didn't agree with the pill i was on it for 6 years um took a break and yeah decided i wanted to get the iud put in so i went and did that after getting the iud in a couple of months went by um i hadn't got my period for i want to say 4 months um, Everything was in place and it was all good, Um, but then I posted on my story one night on my Instagram saying, has anyone ever experienced extremely bad bloating and cramps on their IUD? I had lots of girls reply to me with different experiences that they were extremely bloated for an entire year or all of these different stories. I guess everyone's body is different but I just assumed that my body wasn't really enjoying having the IUD in Um, but a few girls did say to just push through um, and it does tend to get better. So fast forward to the 3rd of April, I actually have a photo in my camera roll of me at work when I used to be a teacher. Lying on the floor with a pillow between my legs in excruciating pain. um, I'm pretty sure I went home or I skipped a class, like I couldn't teach. So I was literally just hiding in the office, um, and someone took my class for me. Thankfully, because I Uh, what I thought at the time was experiencing like the worst period cramps I thought that this was the first period I was getting since putting the IUD in so I was like oh wow like the bleeding is really heavy and the cramps are pretty gnarly but I usually have bad cramps but it only lasted about one day um on the first day of my period um so I was like oh it's just probably a little bit more intense because I haven't had my period in a few months. Like, whatever. It is it is what it is. Let's just put some Panadol in and we'll be fine. Then a few days went by and it was school holidays. So my partner and I went down to Mandurah um, for a little holiday. And if you don't know where Mandurah is, it's just an hour south of Perth. Um, we were just staying by the beach, relaxing, having a good time. I still had my period, but it was like manageable I was still bleeding quite heavily um, but I still didn't really think anything of it until we were driving to get coffee I believe Um, I think it was the the 10th of April my partner was driving well Josh Okay. Josh is my partner. We're on first name basis. Um, Josh was driving to get coffee and I was in the passenger seat and all of a sudden the most excruciating abdominal pain like struck me. I couldn't breathe. Like I was cr- instantly crying. It just hit me so quickly and I was like, this is the worst pain I've ever felt. But then my brain was so silly and I was like, oh, just still must be my period cramps. So we went back to the, um, the house we were staying in and I got a heat pack, had some Panadol, some Nurofen and went and had a sleep. I then got woken up about an hour later and had a shower. The pain was even worse when I got up, which was like so strange. So I went and had a shower. This is like TMI, but... Um, Josh was in the bathroom at the time and was looking at the shower floor and like his literal jaw was on the floor and I was like what's wrong and I looked down and there was like a tap of blood like it just did not stop this is so TMI but the shower floor had like blood all over the floor and Josh was like I need to take you to the hospital and of course my stupid ass was like no I'm fine blah 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 blah. so I think I waited about another 20 minutes until I was like okay no you're right (laughs) I should definitely go and get this checked out so we make our way to the lovely Peel Health Campus (laughs) um for anyone that has been there knows it's a bit how you're going but anyway I think this was about Four o'clock in the afternoon, and we get there. Um, I tell them, like, what's happening that I think my IUD has moved. That's what we first originally thought. We originally thought that my IUD had moved and it was like piercing my cervix, and yeah. So they got me to pee in a cup, and we waited, I think, about three hours before we got let in to talk to a doctor. At this point, Josh and I were so tired and delirious. And obviously I was still in pain and the doctor came in and saw us and she was like um you're pregnant and I was like no I'm not and she's like uh yeah you are your uh, pee sample has come up with the pregnancy hormone and I looked at Josh and I was like what the actual fuck I was like oh I have an IUD and like this doesn't make any sense. And then she's like, Well, they're not a hundred percent, they're ninety-nine point nine percent and I was like, No, you're lying. And then like it took me a while to process and then I said, Well, how come I'm bleeding and in so much pain? And she went on to say that it could be possible that right now you are miscarrying. So I was like, Oh, okay. Um, didn't really know how to process that and then she kinda just took more blood tests and said that she would be tracking my um, pregnancy hormone in my blood. So she sent me home and requested that I came back in the next morning to do a ultrasound. So we went home. We were kind of a little bit confused, but under the impression that I was miscarrying. Um, So yeah, that's what we thought at the time. So we went back in the next morning and got the ultrasound. Um, the ultrasound showed that the IUD was perfectly in place, um, which ruled out the IUD piercing my cervix. And then she turned and was looking around a bit, and she was just, her face looked so confused. And I was just lying on the on the bed, being like, "What the actual hell is going on?" And she said to Josh and I that she couldn't see anything in my uterus. Essentially what I was diagnosed with was an unlocated pregnancy. Um, this is because that they checked my blood results the next morning and my hormone was increasing. So the fact that it was going up proved that there was a pregnancy somewhere they just couldn't locate it. They had to go sit back out at the waiting room and I'm pretty sure it took about five hours ...for the results from the ultrasound to get sent to the doctor. Um, I believe it was a Sunday and there was only two doctors working there at the time. And the hospital was really busy so we had to wait that long. And I was just sitting in this waiting room thinking, what is actually going on? Anyway, we got let through eventually after the longest five hours of my life. Um, The doctor sat me on the bed and said... We don't think you're having a miscarriage because your pregnancy hormone is still increasing. So we would like to send you to Fiona Stanley, which is a hospital back in Perth, um, to get an internal ultrasound because they didn't have an internal ultrasound machine down in Manhattan. At this point, I didn't really know the severity of the situation um, until the doctor said, okay, we can send you up in an ambulance right now or you need to get in your car and go straight away. And I was like, oh, goddammit. Like, I don't really want to have to pay for an ambulance. So um, I guess we'll just go. And then I quickly said to Josh, oh, let's just go back to the house pack all of our stuff, clean up a bit and then we'll go to the hospital. And the doctor turned around and said, no, you need to go right now. And then that's when I was like, oh shit, this must be pretty serious. So we're walking back to the car and I'm absolutely bawling my eyes out because I now have to go to a hospital with the clothes on my back and my phone. I didn't have any of my toiletries, uh, any new fresh clothes. Like I had absolutely nothing. And I was like Josh please can we please go back to the house and he was like no like we have to go and yeah he just simply did not let me go back and get any stuff because I think I was so confused he knew it was more of an urgency than I did at the time. So we're in the car driving back to Perth Um, So it's about an hour's drive. The whole time Josh and I were just going back and forth of what the actual hell was happening. We were coming up with all these different scenarios that we thought that could be a possibility. Um, I called my parents. I kind of explained everything that was happening and I asked them to bring me a bag, like a hospital bag. And it was so cute. Um, I met them at the hospital and there was like change of clothes, toiletries, hairbrush, like snacks. And then they put like a little teddy bear in there. Um, and I am not ashamed to say that I still sleep with that teddy bear today. (laughs) It's literally my emotional support bear. But, um, when we got to Fiona Stanley, I overheard the lady working there that said that there would be a seven hour wait. And I was literally about to lose my shit because I was in so much pain still, um, so it took us about 45 minutes to get triaged. And then I asked the lady, like I explained everything that happened. The hospital from Mandra called them to say that I would be there. And I was like, oh, how long is the wait going to be? And she's like, oh no, babe, like we're sending you straight through. And then all of a sudden the doors open and five nurses come out and put me in a wheelchair. And before I know it, Josh and I are in the emergency department. I would say this is the part where I think reality really hit me and I was like oh fuck this is serious and obviously the hospitals at the moment are so crazy like we just got cornered off into the hallway and there was people getting resusc next to us like people like frantically walking through like there was just people everywhere. There was beds and patients everywhere. And I was just sitting there like, fuck, do I really have to be here right now? Like, is it really this serious that I just skipped seven hours worth of waiting? Like, and all those people in that waiting room, like, am I really in that much of a trouble here? So we got put into a little quiet room that a nurse found for us. And we were sitting in there for about an hour and. Um, no one actually knew we were there like we got forgotten about um until a nurse came in and said have I been looked at and I said nope (laughs) so he quickly like grabbed my bed and wheeled me to the emergency department and I had my own little section and then I was being monitored um getting my obs checked every half an hour I think honestly I can't even remember um and I was waiting in the emergency department I think for like 8 hours waiting for the gynecologist and the surgeon to come in and see like what they think was happening with me. So I had to spend the night in the emergency department. Um this is a little side note, but when we got into the waiting room in the emergency department, there was a young like teenager who dislocated his ankle and that was like I think it was like six o'clock in the afternoon and then as Josh was leaving at 2 30 in the morning (laughs) that poor teenager was still sitting in the waiting room. Anyway that's besides the point. Um, So I got put up into like a little room and had to fast because I would be sent down the next morning for my internal ultrasound. So I get woken up by my nurse who Honestly, it was amazing. And then I go down and get my internal ultrasound, and I definitely had a cry during it. I was just so confused, and the lady doing it was so beautiful and so supportive, and she made me feel so comfortable and safe. But yeah, she she was looking around for quite a bit. Um, she looked at the left side first and couldn't see anything, and then moved over to the right, and that's when she spent a good half an hour and got a second opinion about what was going on in there and then they came back and they were like yeah we think there's something in there we're going to send your scans off to the surgeon and you'll get some answers in a few hours. So I get back to my room and Josh and my mum are there waiting and it was literally just like the best feeling knowing that I had those two with me um, and then Not long after the surgeon came in pretty much said that yes, there is an ectopic pregnancy and you now have two choices to make. The first choice was getting medication like injected into my butt or into my butt cheek. um, And that was going to shed everything out of my uterus, out of my tubes and just like shed everything out. I wasn't really sure about that option because the surgeon did say that even though it's gonna get everything out of my system, it's not um, getting rid of my tube, which could still rupture um, later on. Um, and also, getting the medication, I had to think. I think I had to come back to the hospital every, like on the fourth day, the seventh, fourteenth, and the twentieth something day. Like I had to make frequent hospital visits to ensure that my pregnancy hormone was going down. The other option was to get surgery and remove the, they call it a mass, which is what the pregnancy was. So to remove the mass and the fallopian tube all together. So me, mum and Josh all sitting on this hospital bed reading through pamphlets of like information. And I remember reading through this pamphlet of like all the risks that can happen like the likeliness of like literally dying and I like this is the the moment I think I almost quite literally hit rock bottom and I just like sobbed and cried and screamed because I was like holy fuck this is actually happening and I needed to make a decision right now that either I get something injected into my butt cheek and shed which is which I've heard is extremely painful or I literally get one of my organs taken off me. It didn't really take me that long actually to make a decision. I knew I wanted to get the surgery. But once I told the surgeon, um it was literally all go like as soon as I made that decision, 5 minutes later they came back and were like, "Okay, you need to go have a shower um and get ready for surgery because we're going to send you down there." So, I went and had a shower and like the blood was even worse the pain was even worse I couldn't really walk at this point so I came back from a shower and got back into the bed and then the nurses came in and off I was down into surgery I remember just thinking oh my god like what is actually happening and then I opened they opened the door to the surgery room the theater room I should say And there was about 15, like, nurses, surgeons, specialists. I don't even know who they were. But um, I remember them all being like, yep, she's here. She's here. Is everybody ready? Like, is everything on? Is everything good? And I was, like, fucking shitting myself. And they all, like, grabbed the side of the bed and shifted me over onto this metal bench. And all I remember was just looking at this nurse. And she was like, it's okay, darling. Like, you'll be okay. She held my hand and... I was like getting injected in like in my arm like people were strapping me in like there was like 10 people touching me all at once and then I just remember having the gas over my face counting down three two one and then that's it I was out and then I remember waking up oh fuck I didn't think I was gonna get emotional but I remember waking up and just feeling so confused and scared and lost because I woke up and there was no one around me because I was in like the the waiting part like I don't really know what it's called but it's where they watch I was in recovery that's what it's called and I just woke up after this like surgery and I was so scared and all I wanted to do was see my family and Josh but they had to make me wait like half an hour before I fully recovered and came back up. Okay, Ooh. I didn't realize I was gonna get so emotional, but I got, I was allowed to go back up, and when I went back into the room, I, I was actually like I was so high as a kite. I was on like four different types of like really intense drugs, so I think I was actually being really funny for a bit. Um, my sister was there, my mum and dad were there and Josh was there and they, (laughs) the stories they tell me of like how weird I was being. The funniest thing apparently I did is I wasn't, I woke up and put the, the sheets down and I had nothing on, like I was completely naked and the, there was like a nurse, he was like a graduate nurse and he came in and I was like full naked with the sheets down being like, I don't have any pants on like where's my pants and then mum asked him if he could get me a pad and he was like um I'll just go get the female nurse I think we scared him a bit but yeah apparently I was just like so looping out of it the surgeons then came in to check on me and said the surgery went well um and they showed me photos of the surgery and I'm so glad that they did because it really put into perspective how serious the situation was so my left fallopian tube was skinny and healthy and looked really good and then they compared that to my right one and it was triple in size it was red purple it was swollen like I actually could not believe what I was seeing and they pointed out there was like a little hole at the bottom of my tube and they were like yeah your fallopian tube actually did rupture and that's why you were bleeding so much because you had about a liter of blood in your uterus that we had to remove um they were thinking about giving me a blood transfusion but they didn't um but yeah I was like in shock at that point surgeon said that I'd actually started releasing toxins into my body because it had ruptured and if it, if I had left it one or two days any longer I would have been extremely sick and I quite literally could have died so I remember all of my family and Josh were just sitting there like hugging me cuz I I essentially was saved Josh sending me to the hospital and it's so terrifying to think that if he didn't push me to go that I quite literally wouldn't be here um that morning is when I posted on social media um and like instantly couldn't believe the amount of messages and support and love I was receiving at that time I was like alone in a hospital bed So I just really, like, appreciated the messages and love that I was receiving. Even though they were virtual and not in real life, it still meant the absolute world to me. Um, And then Josh came in that next morning. Uh, I had to spend that day in the hospital just to make sure everything was all good um, making sure that I recovered properly and then I was able to come home. Then came home um, I think I just laid on the couch for a couple of days, didn't really move. Josh had to help me get change, go to the toilet, get me up and down, help me walk um, for like the first four days I think and then I started to slowly get better. We also have stairs in our house so he had to help me up them. Um, I think I almost fell down a few times but yeah so it just was a really rude shock from going to this super healthy active person to all of a sudden I needed help just walking. It was a huge reality check and it made me realise like we should not be taking our healthy and active bodies for granted. I took two weeks off work um, to recover physically and then I took another week off um, just for mentally like I didn't think I was ready to go back I did have the worst breakdown of my entire life that Sunday night I thought I was going back to work um, so yeah this is just kind of like an awareness that for anyone that's physically or mentally or both gone through something quite traumatic You need to obviously recover physically, but please don't neglect your mental and emotional state. I think I kind of shut out those feelings for a good two weeks and just disassociated from what had happened to me until I was ready to go back to reality. And then reality came around and I was not ready. So I had to take another week off, um, get the support I needed um and then yeah come back to work then but it was like probably one of the hardest weeks of my life it's crazy to think that this happened 4 months ago and my body has completely gone back to its normal self it's healthy and it quite literally feels like i never had surgery um obviously the scars are still there and the mental scars will never ever go away it's something that Josh and i will remember for the rest of our life um, it's sometimes you forget that these things happen to you and then you'll just get a little reminder or you'll catch like a family walk past with a newborn baby and Josh and I just look at each other and we don't really need to say anything. It's just the most painful part is what could have been. Um, and I'm sure for anyone that has gone through a pregnancy or an infant loss, it is like the hardest part to accept is what could have been, like who could this person have been, what parents would we have been. And I really don't like the saying that everything happens for a reason because why the fuck did this happen to me? The statistics were, I believe, a 0.01% chance of this happening to someone with an IUD and, and I just think, why would this happen for a reason? I do want to shed light on raising awareness of ectopic pregnancies. They happen in every... Uh, one in 80 pregnancies, so they are actually quite common, and a lot more common than what I thought they were. Obviously, I've done a lot of research since, and I just want to send a message out to any of the ladies out there who just don't feel right, or even if, if it comes up in the future, your body is responding to something weird, or something doesn't feel right. It doesn't necessarily have to be about this. It can be for any health reasons. Um, please go and see a doctor and use the support that is being provided to you if a family member or a friend or a partner is saying like oh you're acting a bit weird or this isn't right or this isn't right like look into it and go get something checked because it is so terrifying to think that if I left this for another few days I could have died and a lot of this like I couldn't even imagine this happening to someone else. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. That was uh, pretty heavy. It was quite intense, but it definitely is something that needs to be shared in terms of awareness. It was also really helpful for me to heal and kind of process the whole experience and talk it through. If you feel like you don't really have any support and you're going through the same thing I did, Please, please message me on Instagram. I'm more than happy to be your support and make you feel less alone. If you guys could please share or post on your stories of the podcast on Instagram, we are go get her pod um I'd love to hear your feedback so message me tag me and I'll be in your ears next week Um, I haven't decided what episode we are going to discuss but it's definitely going to be a light-hearted one compared to this one but yeah thank you so much for all your support you guys are so excited that these episodes are coming out so have a lovely day or night wherever you're listening and I'll speak to you next week bye